like the Turkey, you know, the Turkey paradox uh, that uh, um, Taleb is talking about. You imagine you're a turkey, and the turkey observes, observes for 700 days that the biped comes and gives him food, shelter, and keeps it warm and makes it grow. And the turkey was the conclusion. Yeah, that's perfect. This guy is my friend. And at 701 day, he comes and cuts your head off. Exactly. <laughs> that's the machine right there. It's a turkey. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Ilya is like <laughs> thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say, but it's um, it's it's a process of of also observing more, right? This this, you know, like what we're discussing about optimization, and optimization is about um, denying complexity of the world, right? If you want to optimize, you optimize for specific performance indicators, and when you say in this uh, voyage, for example, collecting all the data, optimizing for some kind of performance indicators of my body is telling me that, hey, this would be optimal salmon for you right now, but I want a croissant. Um, the difference between, between what it's saying and what I, I feel about it, probably because we, we are, this, these two machines, my, my, my psyche and my body and my, my perception of reality and this machine optimizing for different outcomes. Maybe I'm optimizing for being happier, right? Exactly. Hello. So you optimize for health, or you might optimize for happiness, or what? What are you know the, the, the uh, optimal on the optimal combination of health and happiness? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like this, this could be. This should shouldn't be in a conflict, right? This should be yeah. ideally. I, I want to be happy, and I want to be also uh, healthier. But then, like you also was talking about us humans kind of failing to recognize and being biased towards oh machine told me that this have to be true it's a, it's, a, it's a yet another bias we, we we found in ourselves right we 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 have tendency to say oh it's math it's you know machine it's calculated something and it's telling me that this is now the best outcome we have tendency to believe that and i think i had this interesting interesting thinking at this point that yeah but it isn't isn't it because we we kind of failing to recognize there's a difference between ourselves and our mind as well, right? Like, and, and this kind of goes everything all the way back to what we were discussing on this podcast already multiple times, is that the, 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 the map is not territory, and at the same time, it, it's useful to, to a specific extent to which it represents some features of the territory. And then the truth is that this separation is useful for you, right? You, you need to understand that you're not your mind. At the same time, if you dip a little bit deeper, you'll realize that this is a lie. You actually, you are your, your mind. mind, your body and everything. The problem is not optimization. The problem is choosing what you optimize and what you not optimize. And the problem with the, with the models is the fact that they are models. Uh, there's a great book called well, Weapons of Math Destruction by Kathy O'Neill. Really great. She talks about all those things and how mathematical models work for some things and they don't work for other things. They work for things that are very little or not dependent on humans or very little dependent on, on humans. And they don't work with things that are mostly dependent on humans because that if you apply a mathematical model to, to, to human interaction, 
you tend to ossify that type of interaction as we were talking about and you, you, the machine does not understand that there's a lot of things that emerge into the interaction and create new type of reality right the machine will always want to drag you back in the in the model right and the model is in fact it's it's a it's a it's a it's a transversal slice of reality a mathematical model whereas the our human reality is kind of longitudinal right and transversal at the same time so it's it, it lacks one of the fundamental dimension which is the becoming we're not only human beings we're human beings in becoming and our interactions made us become something else every every moment so that's why there's no i really <laughs> and so so that's that's one of the things that is interesting another one that you pointed out that i i was kind of my mind was going to synthesize it is that uh, in this continuum yeah that the things we create are not artificial they're still natural because the since darwin we kind of know that the scope of nature's diversification this the scope was, of nature was not to invent human beings we're here and we'll be gone tomorrow or later but the scope of the scope of nature if we give it this kind of teleological point is diversification because the more diverse the more chances mm. are of yeah of this is this right? is this book of information growth information want to grow right the scope of nature is diversification yeah, it's another that's, way to that's, say Darwin. that's the 19th century science and it's pretty good solid science basically we we kind of <laughs> poor darwin we interpreted it in a very wrong way <laughs> 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 but yeah so what other mm. things that he's talking about and it's important and we keep talking about is that um the contextual dynamic counts it's it's what happened in the context and that will kind of bring us back to ethics ethics are, are the ethics is a great word but it's too much of a model and it does not work in every context and in the same way in which i'm not saying that there are some basic moral principles but then the way they are expressed in different societies it's very different and even in between individuals they are different you know, there's the famous book of uh, the five love languages. Yeah, we all want love, but we express it differently. Uh, and uh, yeah, we uh, all the AI ethics talk about human dignity. But if you talk with an American about human dignity and you talk with a Chinese about human dignity, because these are the big things today, you will find two different expression of that human dignity. So ethical norms are the cultural expression of universal moral uh, uh, matters, right? But then what happens with artificial intelligence in the field of ethics many times, I'm, I'm following that, but I've seen it, there is a tendency to, to posit this kind of universal truths about morality, filter them towards local ethics, and then say that at ethics, that ethics should be universal for example i was at a conversation with with uh, an ethicist uh, in new york about healthcare and uh, covid and uh, there was one question so how do you decide for example the scarcity of resources how do you decide who will get a ventilator and who will get not 
a ventilator. And one of the things that he said was that, well, age, you go, you go for it, you give it to the young one. Well, first of all, even in New York, uh, the healthcare system um, policies tell you that age, social status <laughs> are not considerants in this kind of situation, in pandemic situation. Uh, even the separation in healthcare that exists there between VIPs and VUPs, VIP being very important person and VUP very very unfortunate person, it exists. <laughs> it, it's effaced in type of pandemic. So the only thing that should prevail is uh, likelihood of of rec uh, recuperation. No, how do you say that? Re of of recuperation. But to me, what what the reaction of this ethicist told me is that he posited an ethic norm that corresponds to the type of life that is more valued in American culture, which is the young life. So is the potential of life, the potential years are valued. Whereas if you go to a different culture, you live in Hong Kong, you know very well that older life is more valued, right? Because it's, it's life lived as opposed to potential life that is culturally more meaningful. Yeah. So here, and, and from 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 information theory, you can say it makes total sense because this life accumulated a lot more. It yes, grew but, up but, with a lot more but we talk about cultural things. So if you if you design, let's say, an ethical uh, to the extreme, an ethical thing that decides who lives and who dies, a young or an old person, with all, all other parameters being equal, and scarcity of resources. If you choose a young life and if you choose an old life, depends on the culture. But if you program an artificial intelligence in a young life culture and you program it as if this is uh, universal, what will happen when you move it into an old life culture? What will happen is totalitarianism, right? What, what, what will happen is that you will create a machine which will in totality try to, to push people in one model of of everything, right? And and and, and we kind of we kind of go in there. I think with, with, with this direction of artificial intelligence is that we we almost inevitably go into a world. We can't already one step in the world when a lot of algorithms and uh, later it will be more sophisticated and less introspectable machine learning things that make decisions for us and make decisions including based on some ethical standards embedded in them. And uh, 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 they, they, they probably will be global or at least there's going to be like maybe two worlds and you know, one world with one model and another world with another models. But even that, it's incredibly narrow, like it's, it's incredibly totalitarian, right? If you allow this to happen, if you allow, if, if you allow, you know, centralized um, intelligences to dominate us, then it will be a very totalitarian world. And my, my hope is that we will kind of wake up to that and we'll be um, looking into making something else. Like, we've been, you know, there's, there's a choice and I think there still need to be uh, a decision kind of made between different cultures, decision between empowering individuals with augmented intelligence, with machine intelligence. Each of you, like you, Arvind, myself, could be could be a lot more than we are today if we will be augmented with a machine. 
right? We are already augmented with machine. We're talking through machine. We're using machines every day to augment our memories. Like we're doing all this already, but it's just accelerating very quickly. And machine learning seems to be natural continuation of our thinking, right? We, we could improve our thinking as well with, with these machines now, not just our memory, not our just, you know, uh, communication uh, 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 through the distance skill. And then the decision will be between between are we empowering individuals with this technology or we creating this super machine which decides for everybody and pushes decisions on everybody and it's centralized and it uses one universal unified set of ethics as well and and, and what what is what uh, we already discussed a little bit like what's surprising me is that it appears as though silicon very big corporations like google and facebook uh very much creating this future of one totalitarian uh, super intelligence, right? And, and surprisingly aligned with um, more, more uh, you know, more centralized states than you would assume. <laughs> America is supposed to be all about empowering individuals, but it's not what's happening in the technology sector. It's definitely not what's happening.